Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Orange Line, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Dr. PhD. Uh, today, I'm joined with uh, Nigel. He's back once again. He's finally in the booth, which is pretty cool, if he wants to say anything. No, I don't have anything to say. It'll probably be pretty nice that, you know, I'm not uh, coming over via a voice call. Yeah, it's a bit different for this time, and joining both of us today, we have uh, our our cousin, our mutual cousin. Our friend? Our friend. <laughs> Your friend. Uh, nice. Carrie Haley, if she wants to say anything. Hey, what's up? She's an actual season ticket holder, so she, she like, goes to all the Flyers games. She sees them disappoint week in and time. week out. Um, but so right now, what were the past two games that we played? I mean, we're, I should say that we're, we're recording this on Thanksgiving, so we are having a great time. I hope you did as well, but, um, uh, where, where were we in the last two games or so? We played up against the Sabres and lost five to two. Sure did. And uh, we went up against the Lightning and lost 6-5. Sure did. But that one was in overtime, so the Flyers can go, Hey, we have another, you know, we we, we Ooh, at least got, got a point. point out of this one. Which is nothing you ever want to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, you were you at both of those games? No, no. Well, the, well, one, the, the one was one in Buffalo. The one against Buffalo was oh. in Buffalo. Was but, it? Uh, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Wasn't the one in Tampa Bay also in Tampa Bay? No, that was home. No. Was that home? That no, was I sold the... my tickets to a, a friend at so work. So you didn't see either of them? I didn't see either of them. There goes your credibility. There, there the whole goes. credibility there. that you had went right, right out now. the door. I'm going tomorrow, so. Well, I mean, I, but, so you, you that's that's kind of a testament to how bad these, these guys are playing. Yeah. Is that someone who willingly bought season tickets was like, yeah. I kind of don't want to go. <laughs> Sell these ones off. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. you'd, you'd want to see the Lightning play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Is that why it was an easy sell? Yeah. 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 Um, but coming up uh, later in the week, I think, tomorrow we have the Rangers, who are 12-8-2. And, and then uh, that's followed by Toronto. And I would not be looking forward to that game. No, no. Well, the Rangers have kind of been a shock this year. I mean, everyone kind of thought that they wouldn't be performing this yeah. well. I mean, they, they were a young team coming in. They kind of sold shop. I mean, when did the season kind of saying we're rebuilding? And then they hold a playoff position, I believe, in the Metro right now. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't start off the season very hot, but they've been hot as of late anyway. They're uh, Derek Cheadle, right? I think so. Put yeah. Points left and right. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see them play because they were like the Flyers, but bad in a sense. Yeah. Like they had to rebuild off of some of these pieces that ended up leaving the team, yeah. and they were pretty much resigned and being like, "We're not going to make the playoffs. We're not mm -hmm. going to, you know, be a successful team, but we're going to try to, you know, move forward yeah. as a team." They like wrote a letter to the fans as an organization They're saying, like, "Hey, we're, we're in a rebuild." <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. the thing was, they had a pretty good deadline last season. I, f I felt like what they got for Rick Nash was 
a lot for for what he probably brought to the table at that time. Wasn't too bad. And uh, the the McDonough trade wasn't too bad for them either. No, definitely not. Well, so that's that's the thing is to see a team that you know was kind of in like I said in a sense of the Flyers is gonna just rebuild and and try to build on some newer and younger pieces and now they're actually seeing some success so do you guys see any difference in what the Rangers are doing compared to what the Flyers are doing well they can pass the puck better oh well yeah that's pretty <laughs> they're, they're the one. they have a better system in place they have a much better system in place so are their you... system plays into the strength of their players well yeah that kind of makes sense uh, instead of forcing a system exactly that's on the players broken and yeah. not working well i mean clearly to the fans and everyone actually watching oh um, not not management remember they they think that we're the bad guys not yeah. no, no 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 management clearly just hasn't been watching Ah, gotcha. it, 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 well, that's what it seems like in a way of like no one above Hextall cares about this team, you know, because when when Ed Snyder was still alive and uh, in control of this team, he he treated it like, you know, I want this to be the best team possible, but I also want to be able to still like satisfy the fans in a way because if the fans aren't behind them then there's no point in yeah. them being on the team and now it's like so corporate where it's 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 kind of a feeling of well you know you might not like it but this is the the way we are doing things it's it's like when a corporate business is like all right we're going to change our whole policy and everyone's like yeah but like don't do that we don't like that and they're like Fuck you. We don't care. <laughs> Except in this case, it's not. We're changing the policy. It's we're gonna keep the thing. We're gonna keep the same shitty policy. God, I, I mean, I've said it to both of you tonight, but I, I really don't understand how with Coach Q just being on the market, we still have Hackstall. Like this is his last season in contract with mm. us. Is it this season least. or next season? I think he signed for four. I think right? so. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. So I, from what I know or what I think at least, this is Hackstall's last contractual season. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going into this season and the fans already don't like him, and then they're not being successful, and then a great coach ends up being available. To me, it kind of just seems like, okay, this guy's probably going to leave after this season mm -hmm. anyway, so why don't we just right, let him go it. now hey. and get someone jump else? Uh, I, I think it really comes down to, I mean, like I mentioned to you earlier today, it's it's just a, a ego thing, a pride thing with yeah. Hexy. I mean, he had his, he finally handpicked his guy after he let Peribu go, and then... It, it just hasn't been successful. You had an all right first season, made the playoffs. I mean, we touched on this on on the uh, the last podcast that I was on. Right. So it, it's just something where it's like, I, I think it's a pride thing, where it's like you really just mm -hmm. are like, well, I don't want to be wrong, so I can't fire the guy that I hired. But, it's, I mean, we were talking about it before. It's like you're going to get a situation where Coach Q gets hired, and then you fire Hexton. Yeah. Well, that's the most Philadelphia Flyer thing oh, to absolutely. do, is to make the worst decision after the best decision comes of off course, the table. Of course. And uh, the the joke that we had last night and I told you about today was that 
The the only other worst thing the Flyers could do other than re-sign Hackstall is to fire him and then have Ian LaPerriere be in control of the entire team because he's just been doing such a bang-up job with the PK. Oh, he sure has. So well, it's, it's been fun to watch. I, I just yeah. I just Ugh. don't know how you keep him around. I mean, he's been in that position for six years now, and mm-hmm. the PK has not been above the bottom third. It it goes back to it's... it goes back to <clears throat> it being a pride thing. Yeah. I think like oh, you took a puck to the face, so have so a job. Here forever. we go. We're just gonna throw you. Yeah, job. it doesn't matter if you're shitty. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while since the pa- the penalty kill has been pretty solid. Yeah. I wonder the power how plays taking a nosedive this year. Well, nosedive for the past couple of years. Oh well, yeah, it's it's been dipping. Now it, it's so weird though, because I know him and I have talked about this before, but um, we we've said that like they've finally figured out our power play, mm-hmm. but it's weird to see that like the Capitals still have an amazing power play, mm-hmm. and their power play is more linear than ours. Yeah. Pass the puck around until it gets to Ovechkin and he's going to take the shot. That's what happens. Yeah. And, you know, he still end up uh, abling to score, you know, goal mm-hmm. after goal after goal. But we have so many options out there on the ice, especially with that first power play line. Oh, yeah. And the they, they, they kind of just figured it out. Upsetting. They got to get rid of the slingshot entrance, I think. Yeah. That's That's got to go. Well, that's, that's, that hasn't worked. That's that's been All the problem for the past two years, yeah. I think, is they every power play it's like, all right, get the puck, mm-hmm. enter the zone, and they enter the zone the exact same yeah. way. Well, it, it's a way that kind of, you know, warrants the with with the slingshot, I mean you're kind of hoping that Drew's gonna come up the slot and dance through people oh, and yeah. get a shot off. But that's not the way that this power play is scored. Yeah. It's not that one guy dancing through everyone right. and then, you know, scoring that goal. It's really just they getting it in the deep, outside and... getting possession, and then mm-hmm. working the puck. Yeah. I mean, so to to what you said, the slingshot just isn't the system that they should be working. Yeah. Another thing is, is like, do you think uh, Knobloch and Perriere are the ones truly calling the shots on these special team units, or is it Hackstall saying, "No, we're still going to do it this way," so there might be some sort of leeway? Because mm-hmm. if if Leperrier has terrible seasons under you know, Hackstall and Baruby, and then you still keep him on, who's really calling the shots? Is he a guy who's not being successful in, you know, coaching the PK? Or is it Hackstall saying, well, he's just a guy who's going to listen to me, so that's perfectly fine yeah. if I'm the one still, you know, saying how this is going to be run right. and, and saying the system that's going to be in place. He's just the face Exactly. Of, yeah. yeah. Well, that, the pawn. that's that's possible. I mean, that makes the pride for him so. still being in that position a little bit more, like, realistic, I guess. Of, like, we can keep him in that position because we know it's not actually him yeah. doing anything. It doesn't, you know, matter. But part of me, I don't want to hope for this, but part of me just wants to assume, like, this can't all be Hackstall's fault. I don't right. want to solely blame every facet of the Flyers game oh, yeah. on Hackstall. It very well could be, because that makes sense. But for, for you know, blaming the power play and the penalty kill on Hackstall, I feel like it still has a little bit to do with the respective coaches. Sure, I yeah. mean, and, and that's kind of how you would hope it would be run. You, yeah. you don't want the system where it's like, this is your PK guy, this is your power play guy, 
and hopefully they're the ones calling the shot there. Uh, that's just, you know, could it be a, a situation where they are, where Hackstall's actually the guy running the show and, you know, you just have your pieces fall in line? I mean, you, you'd hope that you'd hire guys to coach, you know, their respective, well, their respective, you know, special, special, special teams, teams yeah. the, the way that they, they should. It, it shouldn't be the head, head coach calling everything mm-hmm. if you're delegating, you know, positions. Right. right. But still, like, it, that power plays and, and penalty kills are such an important part of playing hockey. Oh, because yeah. it's a game that's so physical that it's it's rare when there are zero penalties mm-hmm. called in a game. So to be able to capitalize on those times when you have a man up or being able to stop mm-hmm. the other team from capitalizing yeah. in that situation, uh, it's, it's so important. And the fact that the Flyers have just been bad at both ends of the spectrum for for the past two or three seasons Mm kind of it blows my mind because you just want to hope like someone sees it Mm -hmm. and goes okay we can't let this happen game after game after game considering both have been so deadly in the past too yeah well that's there was a time when both were ranked first Mm -hmm. or at least in the top five yeah and that that was that was you know before they figured out the system, which yeah. still blows my mind. I mean, we have Simmons in front. We mm-hmm. have Giroux and Voracek on the sides. Up top, yeah, we have Ghost, Ghost and then whoever and ends then up whoever, being yeah. in, you know... Throw in there. Yeah, in, in that spot that really just kind of jams it right to Simmons. <laughs> um, but it's, it's weird to think that that system doesn't work anymore, but there are so many pieces out yeah. there. The talent's there. It's just mm-hmm. they, they got to find something that's going to work for them. And, and it it doesn't help that they're not better five on five. Five yeah, on five, true. they're still yeah. abysmal. Mm-hmm. When when you, you look at the way they play hockey and 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 the, you know the, the results that they're getting mm-hmm. from you know the, these players and like you like you just said, it, it's not a lack of talent. It really isn't. No, I mean, you it, look at the team. You have top talent people, so you you would think you'd be able to produce. Five on five if you can't do it from a, a, a power play perspective. Yeah, and well, I think a, an important thing to kind of think about for, for the five on five aspect is that they it's not that they're a bad team playing five on five. We've seen that they can be a really, really good team oh, yeah. playing five on five. It's just they don't do that for 60 minutes. No. Especially, like, we can see that 20 minutes in the first period mm-hmm. enough is enough to completely wipe out the hopes and dreams of this oh, team. Because yeah. Buffalo, they scored four goals in the first, and then the Flyers were like, okay, I guess we have to play now. <laughs> yeah, now, now we're going to show up. Well, and, and that's kind of been the whole thing through through Hackstall's tenure. It's it's just been slow starts on top of slow starts, mm-hmm. and then you're just coming back in games. Yeah. It's like, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And they make the stupidest little mistakes, too. They can't clear their own zone. Turnovers. Oh, my God. Turnovers in the neutral zone, defensive zone, offensive zone. Yeah, it's been... led to so many more chances for the opposing teams. It's, it's been real it's rough. Yeah. And and so that's why I think that <laughs> while their, their five on five absolutely has problems, it, it really seems more of that the team 
doesn't want to play mm-hmm. rather than them not being able to play. Yeah. Because... It, it looks as though they're not buying in anymore. Yeah. They're, they've shut down a little bit. Well, I mean, the real question is, when did they ever buy in under Hatch? True. They really haven't. Yeah, it's... Not from what I've seen, anyway. It's, it's rough to watch that as a fan, too. <sighs> only because you... You just want to see your team play hockey at the oh, yeah. least. And, at least make it a game. And watching the Flyers play sometimes, it's like they're not even doing the one thing I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you would want them to win. You would want them to, you know, score awesome goals and, yeah. and absolutely be on top of the other team. But at the same time, it's like you're not playing the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're not doing everything. Yeah. You're you're coming into it and going, ah, oh, well, yeah, I'll I'll skate around for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, maybe and then, will run into me, maybe something will happen. Yeah, and then they're down two goals, happen. and you know, Ian LaPerriere is like, I don't know how they scored on the penalty kill, <laughs> and then Hackstall's behind the bench going, Yeah, uh, go play some hockey. I don't have emotions. Let's, let's do well, this. He, yeah, he let's looks, do that hockey. He always looks like he has this fucking confused face behind the bench like you just yeah. get squirt on and oh, then it's like like how, how, how do they do that how they do it how did how did that happen and it's like hextel this has been happening for three seasons figure it out <laughs> figure it yeah. out ha- have the ability that, to that, coach a team that's the thing is throughout his entire tenure he just hasn't changed anything Mm-mm. And I understand like if you have a system that you think works like you'd want it to kind of be whatever you're able yeah. to do to win, but you still have to evolve that system. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't just go, this is how we're playing, and this is never like going to change. Eventually, it'll work. Well, it's not going to eventually just work. The scientific method literally you know, states that if your hypothesis doesn't work <laughs> out by the end, you should probably change yes. the hypothesis, exactly. and he's not doing that. So you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. David Haxall is not a scientist. He's not. Because he doesn't know how to use the scientific method. And we have an engineer here who uh, can back that up. Sure. I mean, that's not like a scientist. It's more like an applied scientist. So you said scientist. Yeah, I am right. Yeah, I make batteries. Oh, he makes makes batteries. batteries. You just stamp them on the assembly line. (laughs) (laughs) He just stamps them. (laughs) Well, you know, I was at a game. Of course I was at a game. I have season tickets. And well, you have season tickets? I have season tickets, yeah, crazy, I know. And uh, it was during a TV timeout, and I was just, you know, I decided, I'm going to watch the bench and see what happens. I forget who they were playing, but they had the entire team around the bench listening to the coach. Meanwhile, the Flyers are skating around the ice. Not a single one of the coaches is taking any time to take out the board and draw up a play or anything. They're just like, Meh, you know, whatever, TV timeout, we're going to take it as a, you know, as a, as a break, real quick. The entire other team, all around the coach. He's got the board down. Yeah. You know, he's, he's talking to them. He's animated. Nothing from the Flyers bench. So maybe that could be the other thing, is a lack of real communication yeah. from, from higher-ups to the team. Because we all, like, the, the, the coach has to talk to the team. Mm-hmm. There's no way that they're both yeah. going to be able to exist no. at the same time and not talk to each other. But it seems like the team might not want to understand the coach because they just don't like 
the way he wants yeah. to run things. And the coach doesn't want to talk to the team because, God forbid, they tell him that they don't like his system. Yep. Do you think it's an intimidation thing with him, then? Do you think he's afraid to then vocalize his opinion? Like, in the moment? Know. Is, is he not trying to make mid-period adjustments, or is it only intermission adjustments where you're really trying to, you know, make that change? Yeah. And in that, that sense, we don't even know if that's happening or Check not. truth. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't want to try to psychoanalyze Dave Hackstall and be like, <laughs> he's intimidated because all of these teams are, yeah, yeah but at the same well, time, it's, you have a psychology degree. I do have a psychology That degree. makes, I mean, it, it makes sense, though, of like, he wouldn't want the team to be down on how he wants the thing yeah. run so he only gives the gist of it and they're like yeah okay whatever nerd yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, they're all waiting for him in the parking lot <laughs> like we're gonna get this nerd's lunch money fourth, fourth longest tenured coach mm. blows my job. mind it really does yeah it's time for it's him to be you think he won a couple cups one on that yeah bus. right you'd think one would think or at least get us somewhat close instead of just squeaking into the playoffs every year. And then being blown out. Yeah. It's like at that point, I might as well just not make the playoffs if we're just going to lose in five, six games. Well, so that was that was the thing that I kind of touched on with him in one of our podcasts is we we were talking about whether the Flyers have actually like improved as a team mm-hmm. uh, since before Hacksaw was the coach and oh. all the way up to now. And weirdly enough, last season was the highest point total of the past six yeah. seasons. And that was also the season that we ended up making the playoffs in the, the last, last game. game which is kind of really shitty. Yeah, yeah. That's Considering, that's and like, you can say that Hackstall has like kind of improved in mm-hmm. a way. Because he went from 94 points to 88 points. Yeah. And then all the way up to 98. But... In, in terms of where they're landing in the East and mm-hmm. with the other teams in their division, it's like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. You're you're barely getting there, and that's why you're getting along, yeah. which is, it's so shitty. Because it it's just like, you either want the guy to be successful, and then we can back him for that, yeah. or you want him to be shitty so we can mm-hmm. just get him out. And that's it's not just, happening. He's so- terribly consistently inconsistent too i think i've said that over the last couple weeks they're just so consistently inconsistent we can always count on them to do the most oddball thing oh yeah like the 10 game losing streak last year and then oh all of a sudden okay six game win streak yeah all right so that puts us you know up by a little bit but and that that's it's insane that's one thing i don't want to have to tackle the flyers media (laughs) but the one thing that annoys me about some flyers media is they go on a five-game win streak, and they're like, the Flyers are shooting up the rankings. Like, no, don't get no, people not. excited about this. Like, <laughs> they are in the past. They are in the past five games, but <laughs> yeah. like, when you realize where they're going to end up, they're not gonna be yeah. at the top. No, you're out of your chance. mind to think that not they're, you know, chance. a top team in in the Metropolitan mm-hmm. right now. They got lucky. And when they're on those tears, they're actually shooting the puck. Mm-hmm. And, and then when once they start losing, you notice, oh, for some reason they decide to stop It's always the right when we think something is, like, kind of happening mm-hmm. with the office and with the team, though, is it's like the four-game uh, Western road trip uh, that yeah. we did. That's a and count, yeah. it, we ended up getting seven of eight mm-hmm. points, and everyone beforehand was like, 
I don't know. <clears throat> They've been playing really bad. Maybe <clears throat> Hackstall's on the fence. No one knows. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they have that streak, and it's like, yeah. great, fucking, now they're not going to get rid of this guy. Thanks a lot for winning <clears throat> these games, you jerks. <laughs> I love the Flyers, but sometimes I hate the Flyers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that it's, just kind of comes with the territory it's so rough of being sometimes. a Philly fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was another thing we talked about in, uh, in one of our other podcasts. This I think is, the last one. Yeah, in the last podcast we did. But we were talking about how Philly is just a, a disappointing sports city. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's there's a commercial that I see on YouTube a lot. And I, I always forget what it's for because I skip past it immediately. Mm-hmm. But the first line that they have is... In the city of champions, and they show the they show Lincoln Financial, oh. and I go no yeah. no 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 we won one championship we are not the city of champions. Don't go putting that on us. I'll be so honest about that. I'm so proud of all the championships that oh, yeah. Philly has won, but no, we haven't won championships yeah. like L.A. Boston, like Boston, Boston. like you know. Just looking at cities and championships, New York is up there just because of the Yankees. Yeah. You know, Montreal's up there just mm-hmm. because of the Canadians. Well, I mean, that, like, that was mainly, you know, pre-expansion. It doesn't matter, though. They, they, they did have that cha- dynasty in the 70s, but, I mean... That's championships, and if you're going to go city of champions, you probably have a lot of championships. <laughs> probably. Not just one Super Bowl, two World Series, two Cups. I like one Super Bowl, then flashback (laughs) ten years to the to to the World World Series. Flashback, flashback, I think like fourteen years or something like that for Philly uh, Sixers, and then flashback like twenty some years from (laughs) that for the Flyers. Sixers was what eighty three. Uh, I think it was 83. Don't test me on my Sixers knowledge. But, it's uh, embarrassingly no. The, the funny part about people saying, like, the city of champions for Philadelphia is it's, like, they'll, like, rope in, like, the Philadelphia kicks and, like, the Philadelphia oh soul God. in there. And it's, like, what people don't realize is that the Arena Football League has five teams. Mm-hmm. You have a 20% chance of winning. Mm-hmm. You have a 50% chance, pretty much, of being in that final. Mm-hmm. It's, like, that's not even a league. Well, so, but here's the thing, though, is... Back when that league did have a lot of teams in it, the Soul were still the best team. I think they only have like three championships though. I don't. I don't. Did they just go back to back? So. No, in know. total they've got like seven or eight. Do they really? Yeah, they're stacked. <laughs> it's because of Bon Jovi, man. He, he brings that it's magic. True. He really does. But it's like people also try and like rope in like, oh, the 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 Villanova Wildcats were good too. It's like they're a college they're team. College, that doesn't bro. count. They're not even in Philadelphia, and it's okay to lump them with Philadelphia, <laughs> but like, in terms of where they are, they're not, not even Philly. in the city. Like if it was Temple, okay. Mm-hmm. Temple's actually in Philly. Well, I mean, I, Temple's I, won a championship before, so the yeah, city of champions. But, but here's the thing: I, I don't know if I, I agree with that in the city argument. Because we went to Ottawa last year mm-hmm. uh, on whatever Canadian road trip. I think it was in February for the Flyers. Right. And that uh, stadium was good 40 minutes outside of the city <laughs> in, like, just this, this like, uh, industrial mm-hmm. park or, or whatever you want to call it. It's like there's no one there. It's like we go out, we, we start tailgating. And it's like we're there, like, two, two and a half hours before the game. And people are showing up. Like when we're showing up and just going right inside, it's like, what?
What's inside? What? what are you doing? I What's mean, inside? Hockey? No, no. It's <laughs> not even warm-up shit. All right. But it's like, we're sitting there freezing our ass off because it's like Ottawa in February. Right. And it's like, oh, maybe that's what they're doing. It's just warm in there. It's like it was us and then people who showed up like 20 minutes before the game from like Jersey. <laughs> and it's right. like, you guys want Jaeger? You guys want Jaeger? Shots of Jaeger? Nice. Well, that's like uh, how the, um, the Union are in Chester, mm-hmm. which is, what, like a good hour outside of Philly? Outside, I think, well, right? it depends which part of Philly. That's, a, that's the same thing. Like, we're like five minutes from the city limits, if you really think true. about that's it. That's true. But, like, but from the stadium, We're talking about we're like, Philly. Philly. We're not talking about Philly. We're talking about Philly. Well, here's the thing. South Philly is still ten minutes from Center City. You South Philly. I don't need your logic right now. I want to be upset that that Philadelphia is not the city of champions. <laughs> Absolutely and not. The the thing that I think is the most upsetting about it is that every year for almost every single team we go. They go. This could be the year. Uh, this could here be it. Is. it. This is. It's gonna be this year. I didn't, and then when they start losing, they go next year. Yep. Next year's gonna be the it's, it's year. Always this I, year I didn't next. think that's where you were going with it. I thought you were going in the direction of every team that ever wins a championship is like we're the city of champions now. Washington D.C. We have a cup. We're the city of champions. <laughs> like fucking Pittsburgh does the same thing. They claim to be the city of P- champions. Ugh. There's really one city of championship. Champions, and I hate to say it, but it's probably Boston. Oh yeah, they like Absolutely. have a championship in every sport, yeah. like yeah. every and five multiple. years. Yeah. Every five years, pretty much since what 2000, 2004, when you know the Red Sox yeah. finally did it, and it's like fucking run through shit. That's that's why I've always said it's got to be so easy to be a Boston fan. It's got to be so easy you to be just so disappointed one year and be like, hey, you know what? We could win something next year." Yeah. Yeah, you probably will, too. Damn it. We lost in that finals. <laughs> yeah, right? Again. Yeah. This is so always shitty. They suck and we're sitting here like, "What the we didn't even fuck? Make it. <laughs> we had to wait till the last game <laughs> to even make the playoffs. You guys were playing college kids for the last ten games of your season. (laughs) Fuck. And still winning. (laughs) Yeah. So annoying. That's why I can't stand Boston fans. Because they're always like, we're the greatest. It's like, shut up. We know. We don't need to keep hearing it. Like, I don't want to admit it, but like, God, you don't have to keep telling people. It's the worst. I agree. But thank you so much, Kerry and Nigel, for joining me on the Orange Line today. <laughs> totally. Um, we had a good time. We did. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yeah. And happy Black Friday and Cyber Monday. This is probably going to come out on Tuesday. So Perfect. All of these days have already passed. But I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this. If you want to follow me anywhere, it's going to be at DrPhD on everything. D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. I know Nigel still probably has nothing to plug. I have nothing to plug. Um, and I don't know if Kerry wants to. Do you have a Twitter or anything? Do you? Uh, I about? do, but I don't really tweet anything. Oh, that's Twi- okay. Twitter, Insta, Finsta. Twitter. I don't have a Finsta, but I do have a regular Insta. <laughs> you can you can tweet at her at Doctor PhD D O C T E R PhD. Um, I'll eventually you. find it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining me, uh, and thank everyone for listening. Have a good one.